We're coming to the end of the year as a, as a church. So the, the end of our liturgical year, the, the way in which we worship, is next weekend. That's the last Sunday of Ordinary Time, which we celebrate Jesus Christ, King of the Universe. We celebrate Jesus as Christ the King, not just as he is now, which he is Christ the King now, but we celebrate him as he will be when he returns in glory to establish definitively his kingdom upon earth. So the end of time, the final coming, uh, the, the um, final judgment, the second coming. So here at the end of the year, the church is kind of looking towards the end of things. It's preparing us for the great day of the Lord, his coming, and uh, his judgment. Because there is a way in which judgment is coming for each of us personally and for the world together. We believe that each of us is judged. We receive what's called God's particular judgment. So his judgment of us at the end of our lives. So each of us is judged at the end of our lives. And then the world and everyone in it will be judged at the end of time when Jesus comes in glory. So that's sometimes called the, the, the second coming. Sometimes called the last judgment. Um, sometimes the scriptures talk about it as the day of the Son of Man, as the day of uh, when Jesus returns. But there is a judgment that will occur. Um, and that can seem really scary, but it doesn't have to be. Because God's judgment is not always harsh. When we hear judgment, we think harsh. Like if we say that person judges other people, like yeah, that's usually harsh because we don't understand each other well. And when you don't understand people well, you tend to look at them harshly. But even in your life, there's people in your life that you know and love that other people judge harshly, but you know them, and you know what they've been through, and there's a softness in your heart towards them because you understand them, right? If that's true for you, who are wicked, right? If that's true for me, who is wicked, then how much more must God just have a deep understanding of us? So sometimes God's judgment is, is very beautiful. In some ways, you could argue that the father blesses or judges his son when he says over him, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. That's a judgment. He's saying, oh, he's really good. So we don't have to be afraid of God's judgment, but we should be mindful of it. And in some ways, that's the one thing we should fear. One of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is called fear of the Lord. If you ever need a reminder of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you just look at these windows up the side. Each of them has a gift of the Holy Spirit on it. The very back one is the one that says fear of the Lord. As it starts getting dark, it looks like it says ear of the Ord because the F and L are blue and you can't see them as good but it's fear of the Lord. What does it mean to have fear of the Lord? That sounds like a negative thing. It sounds like something you don't want, right? Uh, but the truth is you are afraid of something all the time. You're always going to be afraid of something. You're always going to have fear. A lot of times we fear losing things. We fear the loss of wealth, perhaps, the loss of security, maybe the loss of beauty or popularity, maybe the loss of reputation. We fear the loss of our own abilities. And each of those fears breeds insecurity in us. That's a scary thing. If you're a people pleaser, you really fear offending somebody. Because that, that's really scary, so you fear that. What does it mean to fear the Lord? That doesn't mean to cringe because I think God's going to come hurt me. No, no, no. No, to have fear of the Lord means, gosh, what is most important to me is God and his love and his will for my life because I trust him and I know he's really good and I know he loves me. So I just want to do what he wants. Jesus has a fear of the Lord, a fear of his Father. But Jesus isn't running around cowering. No, he's just like deeply in love with the Father because he's his dad. So the fear of the Lord is like a child, a son or daughter, who's really proud of their dad and wants to be like their dad. And really wants to behave, not, not just because um, 
they don't want to be punished, but but because they like they really want to make their dad proud. So fear of anything else leads into insecurity, but fear of the Lord actually brings peace. It actually brings security. Um yeah, so for those who have fear of the Lord, the day of judgment doesn't come as something bad. It comes as something good. So our first reading is from the book of Malachi. Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament. And the reading that we have is the last chapter of the last book of the Old Testament, and specifically the last part of the last chapter of the last book of the Old Testament. So it's preparing for the end times, preparing for the day of God. So it talks about God and his return. It talks about the day of judgment. And the part that we heard sounds like this. Um, For the day is coming blazing like an oven when all the arrogant and all the evildoers will be stubble and the day is coming that will set them on fire leaving neither root nor branch says the Lord of hosts. But for you who fear my name the sun of righteousness will arise with healing in its wings. So it's the same coming of God. It's the same arrival of God. It's even the same fire, the fire that destroys but also brings healing. It's the sun. But for those who are arrogant and prideful, it's something that comes to destroy. But for those who fear the Lord, what what does it say again? It says, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its rays. Or some translation is, with healing in his wings. So for those who fear God, when God comes, it brings healing and rest. For the arrogant and the prideful who have fought against God, the day of God comes as something that destroys. But it doesn't have to be. Jesus talks about when the master comes at the end, uh, when he's coming from the wedding feast. For those who are evil, he comes as a thief, and it's really scary. But for those who rejoice in his coming, it's, it's good news when he comes back. Another metaphor for this is Jesus talks about what is done in, in secret will be brought to the light. Now, If you've done a bunch of bad stuff and you've hidden the bad stuff your whole life, then yeah, the idea of all the stuff being read out into the light, that's that's pretty scary. But what if, like, in your heart, you've had these beautiful intentions and acts of love, and even in secret ways you've you've loved and you've served one another? Well, then, on the day when everything's brought out into the light, you will receive your glory from God, Jesus says. You'll be praised. So the day of judgment doesn't have to be a scary thing. In fact, I think if we really, like... Yeah, if we're sold out for God, if we're all in, then there's a way in which we long for him to come back, to bring love, to bring peace. Because it's like, Jesus, I don't want to be in charge anymore. Like, I want you to take over. So, so there's a way in which we can long and we can rejoice in Jesus' coming. One last image, this is from the book of Malachi. It's not in our reading, it, it cuts off right before that. But it says, for those who fear the, the Lord, who just want to do what he does, who trust in him and trust in his will, it says again that the sun of, of justice will arise with healing in its wings. And then you will leap out like calves from the stall. And you'll trample down the wicked. You ever seen a little calf when you, you cast it loose? And it kind of like, kind of runs but dances, you know? It's called gambling. That's a fun word. G-A-M-B-O-L. He gambles out of the stall. Like there's this joyful way a, a calf kind of prances, right? God is saying that that will be you on the day of justice, if you fear the Lord, like you will dance and rejoice, and while you're doing that, you will trample down the wicked. It's just, it's like, you're just like, well, you'll just be having so much fun, you won't notice that you're just trampling the wicked, because it'll just be fun. I don't know why, but I just love that image of this bursting out of like joy and exuberance. That's what the day of the Lord can feel like. Okay. But when is it coming? That's the question of the gospel. When's it going to happen, right? 
there's a way in which Jesus, he doesn't answer that question. And in fact, he's like, I don't think you want the answer to that question. Because first he tells them in the gospel that the temple is going to be destroyed. In this, Jesus is fulfilling his role as a prophet. One of the things that the prophets do is they foretell things that are to come. Jesus is talking to them somewhere around the year 30. The temple was destroyed in the year 70. So 40 years later, the temple that they're looking at was destroyed. So Jesus, as God, uh, participates in the infinite knowledge of God, and God is outside of time, so he, he, he tells what's going to come. And then they're like, when's it going to happen? And Jesus says, like, all these things are going to happen, but then it won't be yet. And then a bunch of people will say that the Son of Man has come, but that's not me. Don't listen to him. Because the part of us that wants to know, like, yeah, when's, when's that going to happen is the same part of us that when we're kids, we're like, is that going to be on the test, right? Like, do I have to know it or shoot? That's the same part of us that when you're in middle school and uh, we talk about sexual ethics to the kids, they're like, how far, how far can I go, right? Like, that's like, I just want to get, I don't want to sin, but I want to get right up cozy against that line, right? <laughs> you know, like, how, what can I? All right, so that part of us is not, that's a part that, um, it's like, I want to live my own life the way I want to live it, but also, like, I don't want to go to hell. So, like, how do I, where's the balance? But what we want to be is just sold out to say, like, God, let's do what you want to do. I want to be all in because I believe that you want to, you want to give life to me. So Jesus doesn't answer that question. In the Bible, there's basically this assertion of like, no, you don't get to know that answer, and it's not good for you. It wouldn't be healthy. So anybody that you know who's trying to tell you when the second coming's coming, like, please don't listen to them, okay? Jesus is like, no, 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 that's not helpful. That's a sense of control of like, I need to know so that I can control and I can, you know, have my conversion soon enough. But again, let's just remember, in the next 40 years, most of you are going to be dead right? So it's like, when's the day of judgment coming? For most of you, within the next 40 years. Some of you, a lot sooner. No offense, okay? So it's like, let's focus on that. Like, the end is coming for me, right? At this rate, I might make it to 50. I don't know, I'm tired, right? But the end is coming for each of us. So like, let's just focus on our lives and our relationship with God, and maybe that, that's, what's, that's what's important. Because there's things that want to distract you and get you excited about a lot of different things, but like, that's it. That's the drama. That's where it's at. That's your story, so let's make that a good story. Like, let's do something beautiful with that. Uh, Jesus, he, t- he, he says and, and kind of doesn't answer this question of like, when will the, the Son of Man come, the, the, the end of things? But he does warn them that like bad stuff's going to happen to Christians. And that's true. Even before the temple was destroyed, as he says, uh, people were arrested and brought into trial and some were killed because of him, because of Jesus. And that happens. We, we read about that in the Acts of the Apostles. And he says something very strange. He says uh, a couple things. One is really cool. Um, and he says, you're going to get arrested, and then they're going to bring you out to trial. But remember, it seems like he's told them this before. Remember, don't plan what you're going to say ahead of time. Or just don't worry about it. Because I'll, I'll give you words, and I'll speak through you with wisdom that will overcome your adversaries. It's like, don't worry about that. There's a little way in which, like, we need to be prepared for the things of life, but also, I think Jesus wants you to know, like, anything you're worried about that's coming in the future, like, he's going to do that with you. So you're not going to be alone. So, so you don't have to worry about it so much. Like, he'll just, he'll just come do it with you. So if you're on trial, then he'll just, he'll give you what to say. You can just trust in him. So there's a beautiful sense, which feels almost reckless, Right? But this beautiful sense of like, okay, yeah, Jesus is going to give me what he needs or what I need. But then lastly, he says, you will be handed over by parents and brothers and relatives 
and they will put some of you to death and you will be hated because of my name. But then he says, but not a hair of your head will be destroyed. It's like, what? You'll be imprisoned and hated and some of you will be killed, but, but not a hair of your head will be destroyed. What's Jesus saying? He's saying, what is most important, which is your soul, that's your life, like that will not be harmed, that will be protected because it's held by him. What is most essential to you will be protected by him if you stay with him. So if we have fear of the Lord, if we say, God, I want to be with you and I just want to do what you want to do and I don't want to leave you at any time, you have nothing to be afraid of and you'll die. Yeah, you'll die. Like that's going to happen. But Jesus will hold you through that and embrace you and protect you through that so that you will not be destroyed. Like you will be okay. Lastly, he says, by your perseverance, you will secure your lives. So he's like, stay with me. Please stay with me because there will come times when it feels like things aren't going right. There will come times when it feels like I'm not with you and you're getting arrested and mistreated and you're like, Jesus, where are you? He's like, no, it's okay. Like what is essential to you will be protected. It will be taken care of. And again, there, there's a way in which like, yeah, what do I hope for, for my life? Like, what do I hope from Jesus? Because sometimes I just want to use Jesus to keep me from suffering. Or I just want to use Jesus to protect me from stuff. But in the end, like, we're all going to suffer and you're going to die. But that's okay. Because it's part of a grand plan and death is not the end and God's going to do something beautiful. And you will gamble like calves out of the stall and there will be rejoicing and healing in store. But he's like, but stay, just stay with me. It's like, stay focused on me. Like, have this fear of the Lord, which is this trustful surrender to God no matter what. When we fear other things, we sell out. We sell out with God. And we buy, buy into other things. But he's like, just please, please stay. It's going to be okay. No matter how old you are, when you were a kid, you needed to hear it, and we still need to hear it. I think Jesus wants to say to you and I, in the depths of our heart, it's going to be okay. Like, everything's going to be okay. There's a St. Julian of Norwich. Her famous phrase was, all will be most well. This was just something that she stayed with, a phrase that she received from God and repeated over and over and over and again her, her whole life. All will be most well. Not just all will be well, all will be most well. When things look like they're going sideways, no, all will be most well. When somebody you love is dying or suffering, no, all, all will be most well. Give you a moment to pray. If you want, I'd like you to invite Jesus to draw close to you and just look at you. And notice that when he looks at you, he just understands you. He, he just understands it all. Like, he, he gets it. And just imagine him saying to you, everything's going to be okay.